sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Cherished friends out there, it's good to be back here with you, live if you like. Um, it's the COVID-19 season, according to the world, but according to God's timetable, it's the time of um, divine purpose, I believe. Um, there have been many, many um, explanations as to what is going on and what God is saying. And I believe, like the Bible says about the sons of Issachar, that they knew the times. I believe that God's people must also know the times. Personally, I think that with the outbreak of this virus, what God said to me or ministered to me was that I should intercede that this time will be a time of revival, that the Spirit of God will visit us, his people, and even those who don't know him, he will visit us again, and that God will revive his church, revive the move of the Spirit, and revive the spreading of his word on this planet of ours that has gone haywire. I believe that the world has shown great disrespect to God in so many ways. And we have not done that in a very demure fashion. We have, we have done it, as we say, in God's face. We have blasphemed him. We have fought all the things that he has instituted, the institution of marriage, the institution of the church, the sacredness of the priesthood, the sanctity of the Christian life, the sanctity of the body of Christ. We have desecrated all of it. And I think that what God has been impressing on me is that the fear of God has gone out of the window. I believe that the church of God has let God down greatly. And I believe it's time to return. Yes, the world has shown disregard for God, but so has the church of God. The church has allowed its heart to stray. 
The church has not feared God. Sometimes and often these days, there's no difference between the church and the world. God said, I'll make a difference between Egypt and Israel. But in our times, the difference between Israel and Egypt is so bled. My heart grieves at how disrespectful we have been or we have become as the church of God and even as, as humanity, you know. Some people say, oh, but if people are not children of God, does God hold them accountable? I believe he does. Because Herod was not a follower of Jesus. The Bible says in Acts 12, verse 20, that the people of Tyre and Sidon came to see Herod because he was displeased with them. And because their country was nourished by King Herod, they came to see him on a set day as he sat on his throne. And the people gave a shout saying, it is the voice of a God and not of a man. And the Bible says immediately, the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory, and he was eating of worms and gave up the ghost. So the fact that he didn't know God did not absolve him from the reverence, the fear, the respect, and the dignity that he should have given to God. The Bible says God is looking for people who tremble at his word. I mean, they tremble at his word. You know, those are the people God is looking out for. So beloved, you know, we have to be wise and we have to be discerning. We have to be discerning and um, we have to hear what God is saying. David said it's better to fall into the hands of God than to fall into the hands of men. This he said because he had numbered Israel and gone against God's word. And God sent the prophet God to ask him to choose out of three punishments. In 2 Samuel 24, verse 13, God said, Shall seven years of farming come unto thee in thy land? Or will thou flee three months before thine enemies while they pursue thee? Or that there be three days pestilence in thy land? Having seven years of farming in the land, fleeing three months before your enemies, or a pestilence in the land for three days. And David in verse 14 said, Let us fall now into the hands of the Lord. Actually, beloved, what David chose showed that he was a sensible man who knew God and knew God's dealings. He chose three days of pestilence, saying that he preferred to fall into the hands of God, whose mercies are great, and not into the hands of men who show no mercy. Though the pestilence was soon over, it took the lives of 70,000 men. We don't know how many would have perished in the other two of the punishments, but no doubt it would have been many more 
and the suffering may have lasted longer. David said, let me not fall into the hand of men. Because I believe David had been in the hands of Saul for years. And more recently, he had been in flight from Absalom. He couldn't bear the thought of being in the hands of man again. So he cast himself upon the mercy of God. Beloved, God does sometimes send pestilences to judge us. Sometimes he sends pestilences so that we will wake up. Sometimes he sends pestilences so that we will examine ourselves and see whether we are still in the faith. Sometimes he sends pestilences so that we will stand between the gap and intercede so that God's mercy will come upon humanity. I love Daniel. When he was praying for the people of Israel who had gone against God, he didn't say, you know, I'm righteous and these people have gone against God. But he put himself in the shoes of everybody. He said, Lord, we have sinned against you. We have gone against you. Please have mercy on us. And I believe that that should be our stance. I believe it's time to cry unto God, to send revival to this world, to humanity, and even to his church that the Holy Spirit will be awakened, that there will be a stirring, that God himself will visit his people, and that there will be an outpouring of mercy, that God will stay the hand of the enemy, and that in the midst of all this, humanity will turn its heart upward to the one who created us and the one who made us. It's time to stop playing church, it's time to stop thinking Christianity is just something you join, like an association. It's time to fall on our face and say, God, we as a church, we as a people, we as humanity, we have sinned against you. We have done even things that the world will not do, and we have blasphemed your name and caused others to blaspheme you. Have mercy on us. And upon your church in its entirety, visit us again, revive us again, Lord. Bind us together again and give us a new beginning. And God will do that. The Bible says that as the pestilence was going on, when the angel stretched out his hand, he had already gone through the land from Dan to Beersheba or from the north to the south, and a special judgment of destruction was prepared for Jerusalem. But when God saw his beloved city, the Bible says in verse 16 of 2 Samuel 24, he saw his beloved city, which he had chosen for his headquarters on earth. And when he saw the great destruction all over the land, he had no desire to continue the curse. He changed his mind about further destruction. The Bible says it repented him of the evil. In 2 Chronicles 32, verse 21, 
God sent one angel, and that angel slew 185,000 men of war in one night and delivered King Hezekiah. So if God sends one angel and the angel can wreak such havoc, just one angel, 185,000. And now today, the mark of coronavirus infections have crossed the one million mark. Beloved, this takes the work of a few angels. What is God saying in his time? We cannot profess to know it all, but God speaks to us personally. God speaks to us prophetically, and God calls upon us to share what he says to us. Beloved, it's time for us to go back to our maker. It's time for us to repent as God's church. Not to point to only the world, but to see that we are a backslidden church as the body of Christ. And beloved, it's time to say, Lord, revive us. Revive us, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need you to revive us. Hosea chapter 6, verse 1 says, and that's what I'm calling on all of us to do. Come and let us return unto the Lord. Beloved, you return only when you've gone away. It's time to return unto the Lord individually, corporately, church organizations, and even as a church, as the body of Christ. For he has torn us and he will heal us. He has smitten us and he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. In the third day, he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. May this be our story. As we return unto the Lord, God has torn us, torn our lives, torn our lives, torn humanity. But the Bible says, even though he has torn us, he will heal us. He has smitten us, but that's not the end. Hosea says he will bind us up. After two days, God will revive us. We want to pray, Holy Spirit, send revival. Holy Spirit, send the stirring of the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, send conviction. Send repentance. Send true change. Send the power of God. Send the power of the Holy Spirit. Let there be revival. The Bible says, in the third day, he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. And then verse 3 says, then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning. He shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and the former rain unto the earth. Beloved, this is what we want God to do. May he come to us as the former and the latter rain. May he rain his presence 
in our midst, in our homes, in our individual lives. May this be a soul-searching time. It may be a time when we return unto the Lord. God bless you. May these words fall on good soil. And may he give us the strength to stand between the porch and the altar. To stand between the gap between humanity and men. Between men and God. And bring the hand of God to prevail. To bind us up and to raise us up again. God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Having said that, forgive me if it seems to be a long one, but I also want to say that the invasion of this coronavirus has made me think about eternity. It has made me think about my own life. It has made me ask myself, if God were to call me, Will I be afraid? Beloved, I answered this at the beginning of the outbreak of this virus. By God's grace, I think I could say, I will not be afraid because Jesus is my savior. But as the days wore on and I reflected, I also thought about whether I have finished the assignment God gave me. Was I true to what he called me to do? Did I please man or I pleased God? When I stand before him, am I confident that I'll hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant? I wasn't sure I had finished my assignment. I wasn't sure that I had done all that I could do, and I wasn't sure that I could say like Apostle Paul that I have finished my course. So then I started to pray, God, show me what your purpose is and cause me to fulfill all of it. This is also a place that I wish you would come to. Where will you spend eternity? Are you ready to meet God? Are you ready to meet God in any unexpected way? May you be ready because you give your life to Jesus, not through just a simple prayer, but that we also bear the fruits of repentance. Maranatha, beloved, Jesus is coming again. May we be ready. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.